let's continue on. Uh, just some points of review, supplying superior stewardship. We talked about the fact that um, from the statements that we got from um, that started this this teaching last year at our leadership um, 2020 um, conference um, from Bishop Granham that a, a commitment to being a steward is not something that people feel an urgency um, that they grow up with, but it consists of a functional decision that's made on a daily basis. And we'll show you um, in scripture that that uh, one of the things that it says of a steward is a steward must be found faithful. And that faithfulness is a consistent choice. In other words, you can be faithful up to a certain point, and if you opt out, your faithfulness stops. Right? Um, my faithfulness in marriage is only as good as the latest decision. Because whenever I break it, then I've broken faithfulness. And there's some things about that that if you break them, you can't get it back. Um, faith, stewardship is not a task or commission that one has to work towards, but it is, it, instead it is a personal commitment and a choice that is validated and renewed on an ongoing basis. It's not that my faithfulness doesn't count. It's just that you can get all the way up to the end of being faithful to getting the reward of your faithfulness and then check out at the wrong time. That's why the scripture encourages you, don't be weary in well-doing. You've been doing well, don't get tired and quit because you'll reap in your due season if you faint not. What if you get to the edge of your due season and faint? Then all of that faithfulness goes out the window, all right? Um, and then we talked about the fact that God is is challenging you put up the prophetic impression because I want to deal with that one as we think through because we're going to really give you the biblical definition of, um, of of stewardship today. God is challenging you to develop the mindset, the motivations, the maturity, the mannerism, the movements, the measurements, the managements, the milestones, the momentum and the trademarks of stewardship and leadership. Now go to the pillar definitions, and I'm just going to deal with the one that's related to stewardship, even though we dealt with all three of these um, previously. Stewardship is the acknowledgement that the spiritual, physical, financial, and relational resources entrusted to us belong to God and must be faithfully accounted for. Now let's look at Luke 16, 1 through 13. We'll just read through it. We did it in detail, and of course you have access to the podcast. Okay. Um, we'll look at these scriptures and then we'll go through um, the 12 points around it and then just move on from there to the new material. He said also to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, there was a certain rich man. So he wasn't just telling a story. There was somebody he was talking about. There was a certain rich man who had a steward and we're going to deal with what does that word means today? Steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master's taking away the stewardship away from me? I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do that 
when I am put out of the stewardship. We will deal with that word today as well. They may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now, verse 10 is the verse that is was on our, our handout for the year. It's one of our key verses for the year. He who was unfaithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You, you cannot serve God and mammon. So I gave you 12 points um, on this before. I said, number one, that the wealthy man had a wasteful steward. Fortunately, the wealthy man had multiple systems of information, checks and balances. Number two, the wealthy man issued a notice of termination to the steward for poor stewardship, wasting of resources, squandering of possessions. Three, the steward decided, deciding on his next career, recognized he was unfit for manual labor and too proud to beg. Four, for his interacts, from his interactions with the master's debtors, we can safely infer that he was manager of accounts receivable. Number five, we said, know what you're supposed to know, then know it. And if you want detail on that, look at, um, listen to the podcast or watch the video from last week. Number six, the reason that the unjust steward was unjust was that he was supposed to know and track the payment for goods and services received, but rather than knowing it, he had to ask the debtor for the amount of the debt. Number seven, built into the payment of the debt was a steward's commission salary. We know this because the owner commended him for reducing the debt, but covering the owner's costs. Number eight, often the wrong people are using the right methods and winning. We believers should be better at utilizing wealth to strengthen relationships with people versus manipulating people to accumulate wealth. Number nine, being faithful or unjust in the least stewardship responsibilities is a picture of your future stewardship over much more. Develop systems of faithfulness. Resolve your misdemeanors before they become felonies and don't miss your opportunity to practice. Number 10, being faithful with and in the world's money system is a picture of how you will handle what Jesus calls true riches. Number 11, being faithful with what belongs to someone else is a picture of faithfulness over what is your own. And then finally, number 12, ultimately stewardship must be done with the right heart for the right reason. You can't serve God and money, but you can serve God and allow money to serve you. All righty. So those were the things that we talked about in detail last week. Now let's look at um, the definition of steward. The Greek word for steward is oikinamos. Let's look at that. Oiki, um, oikinamos. Oikonamos is the word steward. Um, it's from two word. The first, first word oikos um, is house, 
And the word namos is the base of the word um, distribute. We'll talk about that. So a steward is a house distributor is what the, um, and this is just the Strong's concordance for all of you uh, concordance people. Um, a house distributor, an overseer, that is an employee in that capacity. By extension, a fiscal agent, a treasurer, a chamberlain, a governor, and a steward is the word, all right? Um, so we're going to take some time to just break down what these words mean today. Now let's look at the word for stewardship. The word for stewardship is the Greek word oikonomia, um, and you'll see that in parentheses, it's the word economy. So it tells you that that's where that word economy was actually um, was actually derived from etymologically. Right. Um, now, that word there says that it is an administration um, or a dispensation. All right. So let's go on to some of this other information that we have on uh, on it. Stewardship. Oikos is home. The Greek word for um, the Greek word for home is the word oikos. All right. So when it says oikos namos means that it's the person who distributes the resources of the home. Um, when it talks about the Proverbs 31 woman, it says she rises up early and distributes food to her household. All right. Um, she considers a field and buys it. That talks about a person who has resources and has responsibility, um, says she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Now, in the context of the story that Jesus was telling us, it was a rich man whose home was a home of wealth. And because his home was a home of wealth, he had servants to help manage that. And he had a system of managing the servants who managed the household. Got it? Okay, so whenever you think about stewardship, you have to think about what is the oikos that you're dealing with. What is the thing, before we start talking about distributing and parceling out, which is the management of the resources, what is the house, all right? Um, the, Jesus has used this term here about stewardship to deal with servants who were um, in someone's, the, the home of a wealthy person is often talked about in terms of ministry, in terms of parceling out the word for father's house, the house of God, the house of prayer. It could be talking about the physical house of your physical body, the, your natural family home. You can be a steward um, in business, right? I think I have a certain amount of fiscal responsibility and then there are resources that are distributed to me. There are certain things there is um, in General Motors, um, what they call a signature authorization database. So I have a certain signature response um, capability. And so people can ask me, hey, I, I need this equipment 
and I need to take it out. And I have to say, okay, why do you need that? All right. All right. I'll sign for that. And then I can sign to a certain level. But there's other things beyond my level of stewardship. So you have to get my signature and then another signature beside mine. Does that make sense? Okay. So when we think about that and, and everybody's working on their current level of stewardship to be faithful, believing that they will be made ruler over more. Or we climb the corporate ladder, as the case may be. Oikos is household home or household or temple, the family dwelling, namos. Now let's look at the word namos. Namos means to parcel out, especially food um, and, and for grazing animals. Um, because it's talking about that in the sense of, you know, we use that in terms of scripture because I'm called the shepherd and the people are called sheep. The grazing in the church context is food. But a husband at home has to 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 lead with direction, principles, guidance. Um, there's still stewardship, even in the context beyond the house of God into your natural home. Does that make sense? OK. Um, and so some sometimes we parcel out food, sometimes we parcel out resources to do whatever the business is, all right? So you give people the tools that they need to do the job. I hire you, right? I expect you to work a certain amount of hours, expect you to do a certain amount of thing. I'm expecting to provide you with certain resources to do that job, and I'm parceling out what's needed for the task, all right? And then it's um, law in terms of Moses was the lawgiver. He held the the what was the tabernacle or the church, and so he namos is is a is a prescriptive way to describe the person who gives out truth in a specific area. So then you see that definition of a house distributor or manager, an overseer, an employee that in that capacity by extension, a fiscal agent, a fiscal agent meaning the person who manages um, the budget of resources, the treasurer um, who has a budget and then begins to say, okay, this person has this amount of authority or I'm, I'm passing out resources to, to meet a task. And then ultimately, figuratively, um, in the house of God, I'm talking, I deal with myself as a steward because Jesus described in the parable true riches. The word of God from scripture is true riches and you're supposed to desire it above riches. Okay. And if you read Proverbs, it talks about his word is more desirable than gold and silver. All right. And so we treat this part of the stewardship responsibility um, for any minister worth his salt is to treat the pulpit as a sacred desk and making sure that the people who stand here to parcel out the word of God give you truth, not error. Amen? All right, let's look at some other definitions. It used the word Chamberlain, um, not Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, that, that's an old joke. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know who Wilt is. Um, a Chamberlain 
is an official charged with the management of a sovereign or a noble's living quarter. So the king's, um, the person who was, who in scripture was like that would have been um, Nehemiah, the king's cupbearer. Somebody, or Joseph um, did that for Potiphar. He was a noble, high-ranking person. Joseph was in charge of the management of his household. And the scripture says that because of the blessing and because of the faithfulness that Joseph operated in, everything under Potiphar's hand prospered in the house and in the field. In other words, he had field servants and he had house servants. Both of them were managed by Joseph. And the scripture says, because Joseph's stewardship was so strong, Potiphar didn't even think about whatever, he didn't even think about what was going on in his house. All he had to concern himself was what he was going to eat and what he was going to wear. That everything else was under Joseph's care. Now that gives you a sense of the trust that Joseph had as a steward, all right? Now, one of the things that happens is that stewards are given positions and they have a position of trust that can be violated if the person's character is faulty. Okay? And so oftentimes what happens is that um, there are oftentimes egregious errors happen where people violate a sacred trust. I gave the example, um, I gave the example in one of the previous things that had happened where um, I talked about the fact that um, in some of the negotiations, there were there were people on both sides of the aisle, by the way. There was people both, um, not in my company to date yet, uh, but one in uh, another company, one of the other ones, where there were people on both sides of the table that was breaking the rules, you, taking resources that they were supposed to parcel out for the benefit of the, of the people that were... Um, who they served, and then they were using them for their personal benefit. That's a violation of a sacred trust, okay? And so my statement is that that kind of violation didn't happen when it got to thousands and millions of dollars because your Bible just told you if you're faithful in the least, when you get more, you'll still be faithful. Okay? When we were, we were at, um, at the conference here recently, we were talking about um, how there are times when you have older staff who helped and were part of the ministry team when the church was smaller and then they could they 
They would be faithful to count the money. They could take the bag home and count it and bring it back and they would still be faithful. And you didn't have to worry about nothing missing. But when it came time to where they had teams of counters and accounting systems, they weren't, they didn't necessarily have the skill for the next level of ministry operation. And they said, don't throw those people um, to the side because they were very faithful at that size of ministry that you were. And if you gave them the bag today, they would be just as faithful today as they were back then. Does that make sense? And so all of that has to do with if you are a steward, you have to be somebody who who someone with with more authority, with more opportunity than you can um, that they can trust you with stuff and trust that you're going to handle it and not do something wrong. Okay, um, what is God entrusting you with now in our in our pillar definition of stewardship? We talked about being a steward that answers to God. But generally, we don't start there. You start with answering the people. Right. You start as a child being responsible to do chores and clean your room and do your homework. And you grow to the point where if you can be accountable to a visible person, then you can be accountable to an invisible person. All right. The def second definition we had of the steward there is the governor. Right. The governor, the person charged with the direction or control of an institution, society, etc., a ruler or chief magistrate appointed to govern a province, a town, a fort or the like. So um, that kind of stewardship example is also important in the sense of the fact that. Some people get in a public office and then they treat it like it's their money. Okay. And you can get you can get yourself in trouble. Just ask Kwame. Okay. There are times when people violate stewardship because they whenever you are a steward, there always has to be some piece of this that's for you. Okay. Um there's a there's there's offerings that come in here. There's a part of it that should go to me because of the responsibility I have. But I got to make sure I'm very clear about what's my part versus what's, what's, what's not my part. Same thing true at work. Okay, there's things, there's resources, you know, and there's a certain thing that I can do. And, and as long as I'm handling my business, GMA mad, you know, people. It's <laughs> interesting, you know, as okay, don't don't nobody turn me off. Because you might be on a different side of, of the battle that's happening in our in our economic sphere. Follow the example. I'm just giving an example. It's an example. So, you know, don't turn me off. I know because people feeling some kind of way. They all up in their feelings right now. I get it. I'm mad at you. 
Okay. But it's one thing to get mad at our CEO for how much she makes, but that's different than a person who had money that was supposed to be someplace else. And then they put it in a pocket. Those are not the same. You may not like how much she get made. She get paid, but she didn't steal it. It's not stealing. Sometimes people feel like pastors, uh, he, you know, all a pastor wants is your money. Listen, the lights don't stay on in this building like the lights won't stay on in your building if pastor's getting all the money. It's not even reasonable. You, you know how your house has to um, pay utilities? The church house does too. So he can't be getting all of the money if the lights are still on. I'm just saying. Does that make sense? Okay, um, so sometimes people get mad because they don't like how much you get because of the stewardship you have. That's not the same thing as violating a trust. Okay, there you got to be clear when you are a steward that some stuff just ain't yours. You got to be very clear that was there was a bunch of trees in the garden and God had only put stipulation on one tree. He said, all of the rest of them you could have eaten. Now, he could have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever. Right next to it, those two was right next to each other. Go back and read it. And so all he had to do was take care of that one and not eat it. And whenever you are a steward, you've got to be clear on what are the boundaries of stuff you cannot touch. OK, so that's one of the first things whenever I'm given a stewardship, I want to know what's the what's the thou shalt not. Because once I know that, all I got to do is have a system that where I stay away from that. Then I stay out of trouble. Now, you may not like the piece that it says I can eat. You may not like the fact that they say, you know, um, you can have this or you get that amount. You know, I've had some pastor friends. And, you know, some of us are really just working hard, but others of us are doing really, really well. OK, I'm not going to play a hate on the one that's doing well because I'm having. Why, why should I hate on him? I got to work my assignment and be faithful and, and, and allow that assignment to take me up. And so we have to understand as long as we understand the pieces that are entrusted to us, but are not for us, then we can we can do well. All right. Now, those things, when we talk about stewardship, you do need to know who you're working for. Who are you answerable to? We gave the example. If you are a teacher in the school system. You often have multiple constituencies that you're responsible to. Really, you are responsible to those students. And particularly when you get to college, you know, because they know how to vote you out. You know, um, you're responsible if you're in elementary school to the parents. To the principal, to the school board, to the superintendent and ultimately to the society. And each one has a different kind of accountability, responsibility relationship. And so sometimes we think because we can't see the people that we're responsible to, that we're not responsible to the people. That's what gets people in trouble with God. We think because we can't see him, he can't see us. 
So I want, I want to always be faithful with the resources that God has put under my care to be a steward over. Look at the third definition we had on that page. Steward, a person who manages another's property or financial affairs or who administrates anything as the agent for another or others. All right. Um, and the person who does that management should be faithful to it and the people who entrust you with it should be able to have confidence in your ability. You should A, have the capability and B, have the commitment. Sometimes people are just not capable for the thing that they've been assigned to do. All right. So part of the thing that you want to see is what is like part of the, the thing that we want to understand about stewardship is what are the categories that God is requiring of me to manage in my home, in my health, um, in, in, in my community, on my job, in the ministry? What are these categories and how can I demonstrate to God that I'm faithful in those things? Or are there people God has assigned me to help? All right. I have a certain stewardship that I have at in, in my in my secular career. And there's people that are responsible to assist me. But hold it. There's a, somebody that I'm responsible to assist. And I got to make sure that I don't. This is Pastor Davis calculus. I don't like to embarrass my leader. Because some people, they like bulls in a china shop. You know what I mean when I say that? They can do stuff that just make you look bad. And you're like, dude, like, Lord bless us. Okay. Um, so you want to be, you want to be able to manage. And when you think about management of the, of the things of another, those, the person who assigns you, should feel better because you're there. And the, the, the management of the physical property should be better. You know, one of, one of the things, even in my pastorate, that um, I'm most happy about is that I've worked to make this, the property that I received when I became senior pastor, I tried to improve it as best I can during the, my tenure as the leader. Right. Um, one of the challenges that often is said about people that have those extreme makeover houses is later, the people who get that, sometimes it, it goes back to looking like all of the houses around them because they didn't upgrade their management with the increase of the house that they got. If you go back five years after would the house look good, better, or worse than when it was upgraded and when it was made over? All right, so that's always a thing like um, sometimes when, when things are not working at the house, pastor, I'm not talking about the church house at my personal house, pastor gets irritated 
Sometimes my bride is like, why are you tripping, bruh? Why, 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 what you tripping about? What is this a big thing? Because I, I can remember the dream that I had and the Lord told me he was grading me on my stewardship of this house. And because I feel like God's always watching me. You know, he ain't watching me like, okay, you know, if you do it wrong, I'm gonna jack you. It's not like that. But a steward must be faithful. I don't want to be the African-American house and my house is the one with the jacked ups, whatever it is in the neighborhood. I just, you understand what I'm saying? I listen to, I live in a diverse community. So I don't want my, <laughs> I don't want them to say, see, mm-hmm, I knew it. Okay, now that may not mean nothing to you, but to me that means something. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to represent my, I want to represent in my community. Okay, and so it's really important that we do that. Now, let's look at a, another uh, working definition that we have here about stewardship. Stewardship involves the responsibility of managing all that God has given you to be used to fulfill the purposes of Christ and to allow you to fulfill your personal destiny in the kingdom of God. It is, it is a responsibility that you have to manage everything that God has put in your hand and understanding that the things that God has put in your hand are designed to help you fulfill whatever he's called you to do from the kingdom perspective and also what he's called you to do from um, a personal perspective. Like, most of the times in churches, when you hear people talk about stewardship, oftentimes what you hear people talk about is in church settings, they talk about stewardship and they only, it's like <laughs> a lot of times it's, it's, it's leading up to a money grab. Not that there's something wrong with, you know, okay, let's talk about stewardship. And usually when I've studied things in church on stewardship, they really have been saying, you know, we need we need more money for a building program. So we're going to have a stewardship campaign. And that's not incorrect. I'm just telling you that's incomplete. Stewardship starts for what he's given you to not just to fulfill the purposes of Christ, but what he's given you to fulfill your personal destiny. It's as much stewardship. Um, you know, me saving, saving enough so that um, I can help my daughter with tuition as it is to help upgrade this building. You know, I'm responsible as a parent to, to work to see to the destiny of the next generation in my family. It should be easier for them than it was for me. I'm just saying. <laughs> You know, bro man had to figure it out, you know, but my dad was in heaven. I, I'm not mad. I, I did figure it out, but something should be easy to figure out for my daughter than it was for me. Does that make sense? So I want us to be thinking about stewardship in terms of managing all of the resources that God has for us. Your life is a resource. All right. Your mind is a resource. Your body is a resource. 
Every relationship you have is a resource, right? Some people, um, you know, they, they'll wash their cars but won't take care of their health. Or the car's clean but the house isn't. You, you understand what I'm saying? People that just have these kind of weird things that they do. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to look at it all because all of it is part of what God has given you to manage. All right. Four key principles on stewardship. And then, then we're done. Man, this was, you're a good class. This is a short lesson. Hallelujah. All right. And we'll, we'll pick up next week, but I'm just going to stop here today and give you a shorter lesson today in Jesus' name. All right. Number one, God has appointed all humanity, but especially Christians, to be his stewards on earth. Pastor, why do you say all humanity? Because when God gave the mandate for mankind to manage the earth, he did it in Genesis chapter 1. He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let man have the managerial responsibility of dominion over the earth realm. Okay. And so you got to understand like we as, we as Christians, we are accepting stewardship as, as a responsibility. And we believe we what makes us different is we believe we know who the true God is and that we report to him. Okay. But all the earth, all humanity has responsibility for the stewardship over the earth. Now, why is that important? Because, you know, I don't know if the people who created the water crisis um, in the city of Flint were Christians, but we were all affected by their lack of stewardship. That was a stewardship issue. That was a real steward, and it was a real stewardship failure. Okay? And so um, we can do bad things now and suffer, and generations in the future suffer because of our bad management of the water quality, of, of how we handle our garbage, of, um, you know, how we pollute the air. All of those things matter. We can't just create these crises and then move other places and think it won't, it won't affect somebody, all right? Um, it's interesting that in, in Native American cultures, they have what they call seven generations thinking. Is the decision I'm making today gonna be sustainable seven generations in the future? How do you begin to think about what's under your care and how do you prepare for future generations? Number two, stewardship is not an option, as Paul points out in his own call. Stewardship is not an option, and we'll give you some scriptures on that next week. Number three, being a steward is a necessary part of participating in fulfilling kingdom purposes. All right. So to do anything with God, you're going to have to be a steward. Now, in my mind, stewardship. Um, 
you know, one, one framework people give you is time, talent, and treasure. As a, as a, you know, how do you manage your time? How do you deploy the gifts, skills, and abilities? And how do you give finances to help the kingdom move forward? Those are good ways. Um, it's also teamwork. How do you work well with other people? <laughs> now, that's a, that's a real stewardship thing because uh, it either goes up or goes down by the team you have. Um, how, do you, how do you use your testimony to influence other people to come and participate um, in the ministry that you're part of? All of those things are important, all right? You, we we want to think about using our resources and being resourceful. And then finally here for today, um, the product of stewardship, the product of management of resources to the point that they that they are well managed and multiply to the point that they can have um, benefit to, to many others has the potential to, to, being, to bring blessing to others who are touched by it. Whatever you do as a steward in your own life, your ability to treat resources like they are resources has the ability to bring benefit and blessing to others. So my challenge to you today is what are the resources that God has put in your life? What are the things that he is, he is prompting you on? Um, how are you managing the resources? You know, one of the things that we find in, in African-American communities, particularly among men, we don't like to go to doctors, but I on purpose don't break appointments. Because if I get the option, I would just wait. And so then a lot of times we don't fix the whispers until they become screams because we let things linger too long, right? As if not knowing will make it better, okay? I, I really don't like shots. I can remember as a child <laughs> at Stewart Elementary School on the South Side when they would give us shots and all the kids would take their shot and come back. I, Christian, I screamed so loud, they heard me all the way down the A-wing. <laughs> Getting my shot. I was traumatized and they heard me all. You would have thought they was in there killing my brother. And they were, they were just giving me my shot. I still don't like shots no more than I did back then. Okay, but I understand that I got to be a steward over this body. So when they say we want to give you shots, now I'm not really doing the flu thing. I just don't, I don't know. I've never had the flu. But when they gave me all the other ones, I just said, okay, just give them to me. And I'm calm, but on the insides, I'm creepy crawling. <laughs> okay, then of course, pastor hit one of these milestone birthdays. So now they got to do other stuff. I'm not going to tell Brother John there in the back what that means, but his day is coming. Things just, just, oh, just, uh, all kinds of stuff have to happen to you when you get a certain age. 
but we want to be good stewards over our health. What we don't want to do is, you know, create scrambled eggs and then ask God to put them back in the shell. Amen. All right. And then we also want to be thinking about, um, as we said before, when we think about our finances in the area of stewardship, we don't, our church doesn't say stewardship is just tithing and giving offerings. Stewardship is managing all of the financial resources. How about having a financial planner, somebody that you talk to about your investment strategies? What does life look like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now? Um, are you thinking about it and talking about it right now in Jesus name? Does that make sense? All of those things are stewardship. All right. Praise God.